Hello everyone and welcome to the Bavarian Podcast Post Game Show. It is just me, Ryan, on this podcast and we're going to be looking over Bayern Munich's 4-2 win over Heidenheim this weekend. Now, it's not exactly a pretty win. We can see it twice in very quick succession. But I still think there's some positives to take away from this game, particularly in some individual performances. I think that there are some issues showing up with the depth of the squad, but we can get more into it. So let's start with the lineups. Of course, um, Heidenheim set up in their usual 4-1-4-1. Kevin Müller in goal, Jonas Fürgenbach, Benedict Kimber, Patrick Meinke, and Haktab Traore made up the back four. Lennon Maloney sat as the number six behind a midfield four of Eren Dinkchi, Jan Schöpner, Norman Toyakov, and Jan Niklas Beste. And Tim Kleindienst was up front as usual. Now, Bayern's lineup was a very interesting one. There were some very visible issues with depth, especially in midfield. And that resulted in a 4-2-3-1 with Manuel Neuer in goal, of course. And then Nusaya Mazrawi, Dayu Pomecano, Minje Kim, and Bunasar in defense. Bunasar getting his first start in, I believe, well over 30 months. Um, I think it's been two and a half years. Uh, there was a game against, I believe it was Union Berlin during the 2020-2021 season, which means that um, it's taken three managers for Bunasar to get another game, which is hilarious. The midfield double pivot was a big question mark because Joshua Kimmich was, of course, suspended after his red card last week against SV Darmstadt. And uh, Leon Goretzka has struggled with some muscular problems. I'm not sure they're related to his metacarpal injury. I would assume they're not. But the midfield ended up being Alexander Pavlovich getting his first ever start for Bayern Munich. And this is the first ever start for a proper Bayern Academy player since Jamal Musiala and that is that is interesting and he lined up alongside Conrad Leimer and the front four was nearly unchanged Thomas Muller of course to the middle in for Jamal Musiala who's had a hamstring issue I believe uh, Leroy Zane on the right Harry Kane up front of course and Serge Gnabry uh, back from his I believe it was a broken forearm getting his first start over Kingsley Coman, which is an interesting one because Coman has actually been in very good form the last few games. I guess uh, Thomas Tuchel wanted to change things around and see what would happen, but it was an interesting game. I think there's some positives to take away from this, particularly in midfield. There were some, there were some interesting decisions made at the back. So, of course, um, if you didn't see the game, it was a cracker of a game, I will say, 4-2. And it was the best like possible allotment of the goals in terms of the order they came in. The chronology the chronology of it was perfect. Bayern went up 1-0 about, I would say, I think a third of the way into the first half. It was a fantastic goal, uh, an exchange between Leroy Zane and Harry Kane. Of course, of course, two of the best players in the world. Uh, for my money, Leroy Zane is the best player in the world. I've been saying this for a while, and he showed it today too. Fantastic pass to Harry Kane, and... Kane had work to do. It's not like Zane gave it to him on a platter. Kane had a lot of work to do. With his back to goal, he turned his man. He took a shot on from the edge of the box. It went in. Fantastic shot. The second goal was beautiful too. A great corner from Leroy Zane. Hopefully he stays on corners from both sides. It seems like Anthony Barry wants uh, Joshua Kimmich on the left side of corners because of the in-swinger. But I think the out-swinger works just as well. And it did today. 
Leroy Zane's cross in for Harry Kane, who took on a beautiful header to double his tally for the night. Then Heidenheim came back into it. A great pass from Jan Niklas Bester that I think deflected a little bit off of Kim Min Jae and went to Tim Kleindienst. Can't really blame Kim Min Jae for that. You kind of just have to stick a leg in. Uh, he got unlucky with the deflection. However, the second goal was it was just poor. It was poor from I believe it was Min Jae Kim again. This time, I kind of have to put it on him. It was a very errant pass. There was no need for that. And again, Jan Niklas Bester hopped on that as quickly as he could, turned in, took the shot on. Maybe Neuer could have saved it if it didn't deflect off of Kim. This time, I mean, the pass was Kim's fault, but you cannot fault him trying to block the shot. Even if it did end up going in off of his deflection, can't really blame him for that. can blame him for the poor pass, though. And then Bayern seemed to turn on the gas again. It seemed like Bayern were kind of tapering out for the game. And then after that goal went in, they switched on again and almost immediately got a response. Great run from Conrad Leimer down the right side. Put the cross in. Leroy Zane's shot gets blocked. Deflection comes to substitute Rafael Guerrero, who gets his first goal in Bayern colors. And of course, it was a first-time volley. There was no other way Rafael Guerrero was scoring this goal. It had to be a first-time volley. And so it was. Great way to get back into the game. And then later on in the game, Matai Stel with a great run and cross. Chupamoteng put in a fantastic header, another substitution. The game management here from Thomas Tuchel was, I would say, perfect. He knew exactly who to move around. He used the versatility of the squad very well. We saw some very interesting substitutions. Chupamoteng for Serge Gnabry. Matai Stel for Thomas Muller. Rafael Guerrero for Dayo Pomecano and Alfonso Davies for Alexander Pavlovich. All four of these substitutions are not like for like, but the kind of profiles that we have in the squad, we were able to move things around, and that is fantastic. That is a testament of the versatility of the squad, and we have to look to build on performances like this. I'm a little disappointed not to see Kingsley come on in this game, but I can't really complain because true promoting did exactly what he needed to do. But let's get into some of the individual performances. Now, Nusei Mazrawi was a little quieter today. I think it's mostly down to the fact that his role was a little unclear. He was playing back at times, he was playing centre-back at times. It was very unclear of what kind of role he was playing in the squad. He didn't really get to progress the ball as much as he usually does, especially down the right side, because Heidenheim set up in a deep block that had two men down the wide, uh, down the wide side, so most of his passes went back to Pomecano, or they went to Conrad Leimer or Alexander Pavlovich. Can't really complain about that. He was kind of snuffed out of the game. I think Heidenheim came into this with the game plan that they would snuff out the fullbacks because, let's be real, with the way the midfield has been set up in earlier parts of the season, the fullbacks have been the primary source of progression through the through the wide areas and the middle hasn't really had a lot of movement. So it was a good game plan from Heidenheim. Uh, it's unfortunate that it didn't work for them, but of course I'm not complaining about it. The centre-backs were good, but I think there is something to be said about uh, Kim Jae's day-to-day. It was... Not his best day. I'm sure he'll come back to his best. It was just a bad day at the office for him. I'm sure he will bounce back. He has the mentality and he has the consistency. But hopefully we don't see another performance like this from him anytime soon. I hope that, especially with the lack of depth that we have at centre-back right now, that him and Upamecano get more time together because Upamecano seems to be a little unfit still too. But let's talk about let's talk about our star man here, Bunasar. I know we like to joke, but Bunasar was fantastic. I apologize if you hear any wild explosions in the background. There's a festival going on, so 
people gotta people and unfortunately i'm not peopling today i'll be peopling tomorrow but bunasar was fantastic i believe he came into six ground duels or something like that and he won pretty much everyone i don't think he was dribble pass for the entire game he's just so good he's so weirdly good he's very good at getting to ground he's good at holding his well he's not good at holding his position particularly but he knows when to come out when not to come out he started off on the right and just kind of stayed there obviously mazgawi was moving around a bit he was on the left at times but yeah bunasar was fantastic i really don't have any complaints from him he was fantastic today maybe our best defender i will say upamecano looked like our best defender in the one half that he was there but over the 90 it has to be bunasar for me Conrad Leimer too had a fantastic game and I have to point out something about Conrad Leimer as a number 6 because he does two things that Joshua Kimmich cannot. Number 1 is that he doesn't dwindle on the ball. We've seen this so many times where Kimmich gets the ball with his back to goal and he just kind of sits on it and he gets pressured and he can't hold on to the ball and he just loses the ball in the defensive third which is extremely expensive. Losing possession in the defensive third is basically suicide. That's you know rule number 1 of football don't don't dwindle on the ball in your own penalty box and Conrad Lemmer does not do that when he gets the ball within two touches three touches the ball is out either he's given it away or he's turned and that's the other thing he does that Kimmich is incapable of i wouldn't say Kimmich is incapable of dwind- of not dwindling on the ball but it's a mistake that he makes consistently and Lemmer doesn't but there's one thing Lemmer does that Kimmich cannot do and that is he can turn and actually beat his man on the dribble Kimmick is he's not a very agile player, right? He's a very quick thinking player when he's looking forwards, but he doesn't have the ability to dribble really. Like that's the one weakness in his game is that he doesn't really beat his man on the dribble, but Leimer is able to. Leimer has good quick feet. He's a very fast player, so him getting on the ball, getting on the turn and beating the midfield, the midfield line of four, that was very good to see. He was very good today. He was very progressive, he was productive. He was key to a couple of the goals and we have to talk about Alexander Pavlovich. What a performance from him. I will say there's some work to be done with his duels. He was a little careless with his aerial duels especially. I don't think he won any headers in the middle. He was decent on the ground. His positioning is fantastic, I will say. His positioning was great. He knew where to be all the time. I think he got far more touches than Leimer did this game. despite having played 15 uh, minutes less cuz he came off around the 75th minute i think he was fantastic today and if he can just improve his tackling technique a little bit i think we've got a winner here i think we've got a number 6 that can take us well forward now moving on to the attack thomas muller was very good today i don't know why he came off after just 60 minutes he looked like he was doing really well uh, not really winning many aerial duels that much but he was very good He was good in the press. He was very good at directing the attacks. He was very good off the ball as he always is, putting a couple of good passes. Just he was missing that little bit of finishing touch. I maybe that's why he was taken off. We saw him drifting to the left a lot this game, which was interesting because him and Gnabry were often in the same areas a lot of the time. And that was interesting to see and then they came off together. But Serge Gnabry, man, I I don't know what to say. He was I mean, You can't say it was bad because he didn't make any big, you know, big mistakes, but he was just so quiet. It really seemed like all he did was pass back. I don't think he put in a single 
good pass going forward that created a chance or created something. He was just kind of there. He didn't really try much in the dribble. He didn't try much in the press. He didn't try much with the passes. Maybe he's a little unmotivated. I don't know what it was. But yeah, those kinds of performances are going to keep him on the bench for now, especially with the kind of form Coman and Matis Teller in. But speaking of players in good form, Ligo Zane and Harry Kane, what a duo. What a duo. Is there a better duo in world football right now? No, there is not. That Unequivocally, there is no attacking partnership in world football that is as good as this right now. Zane provided two assists for Harry Kane. Both of them were fantastic and Harry Kane did the work too. Ligo Zane was amazing today. His crosses were accurate for once. He was very good in the pass. He wasn't as higgledy-piggledy as he usually is with his passing decisions. Sometimes he tends to, uh, you know, try to be a bit too smart with it. He wasn't really today. He was very good. His exchanges were very good, especially with Müller and even Serge Gnabry. Like, the few things Serge Gnabry did well was the good exchanges with Leroy Zane. When Zane cut in and he would kind of, you know, cut across the face of goal, which he likes to do a lot. I almost thought he would take a shot on in around the 80th minute, but he didn't. The exchange kind of went off and it went back to Afonso Davies. But his dribbles were good today. I will say he, his finishing could do with some work today. His finishing wasn't at the best today. He could have gotten a goal, which would have been an assist for Thomas Muller too. He he can do better than that. It wasn't his best performance, but it was a fantastic performance from him nonetheless. And Harry Kane, who was my man of the match for, I think, the third Bundesliga match in a row now, he was ridiculous. He presses. He doesn't press very well, but he presses smart. He isn't usually the first man in the press. Thomas Muller tends to take over that, and Kane drops off a little. But it works. The system works that way. Kane's passing was fantastic today. When he dropped deep, he was good. He wasn't forcing anything, really. His shots were fantastic. The two goals were both such clinical finishes. Very few players in world football can do what he did today. He was just fantastic top to bottom. There is no real, you know, I have, I'm starting to run out of superlatives for these two because they were stupidly good. And of the four substitutions, I will say they were all very good too. Afonso Davies did his job. He wasn't really um, called upon to do a lot. He won a couple of challenges, I think. He he was very good defensively. He didn't really get to adventures going forward, and that's fine, because when he came on, we were already winning. We didn't really need to do too much work. So I'm fine with his performance today. It was good. Rafael Guerrero was fantastic. He switched from left-back back to midfield shortly, and of course, he got that goal. Fantastic goal. His passing was great. I don't think he misplaced anything. He was fantastic. Even that one ball over the top was fantastic. He... I don't think he lost a single ball today. It was fantastic. Just a, a great all-round cameo from him. And I hope we get to see him after the international break. Matai Estel, too. He was very good. His creation of that goal in particular is one that I've... <laughs> it was a joy to watch. The turn and then just the, the dead ball pass to Chupa Moting, who scored a great header. It was a leaping header. And Chupa Moting, too, was very good. He had a couple of... Moments where it looked like he could have gotten an assist, maybe. He was good on the ball, too. Like, it's not just the fact that he was looking forward. He was looking back, too. He did lose the ball that eventually led to Heidenheim's second goal, I believe it was. No, it was the it was the first goal that Heidenheim scored where Chupamoting lost the ball. 
but can't really complain about that. He was kind of overrun and he was on the turn. So I'm not really going to put that on him. But there's a lot to take away from this, especially with suddenly, instead of having one good midfielder, no one to pair him with, we have four players who are playing at a very similar level right now. There's very little separating them. I will say that we should still look to get a top quality central defensive midfielder because I don't think you can put that kind of match load on Alexander Pavlovich quite yet. While I think he's maturing very well already and he's showing signs of being a top-class player in the future, it's still a little too early in his career to throw him into the first team every week. I would say we go for someone experienced. I wouldn't say we go for someone in the 24-25 year range because that's a little too close to Pavlovich in terms of generation. And I think we want someone with a with a calm mind and with composure and with experience. I don't think we should go for another, you know, uh, a ragtag player like Conrad Leimer or Leon Goretzka. But there is a lot to be desired from players like Serge Gnabry. There, I really don't know what to say about the performance. I really hope Kingsley Coman is back in the eleven soon. But Gnabry needs to step his game up very soon. I, I cannot see performances like that from Gnabry again. Because we finally sort of figured our attack out. We always had, obviously... Leroy Zane and Harry Kane are playing on another level right now. And whether it's Thomas Muller or Jamal Musiala in the middle, both of them are linking up very well with Zane and Kane. But there just seems to be that missing piece. And Coman in the last couple of weeks had finally settled in. Even when he was scoring and assisting, Coman always seemed a little detached from the other three attackers. But in the last couple of games, he had really come into it and become well-connected. And just when that happened, Tuchel takes him out for Gnabry. I don't know what the philosophy or the thought behind that is. Just did not make sense to me. I would think he's being rested. But I wouldn't rest him because we have an international break coming up. And yeah, this would have been the perfect time to, you know, get a nice multi-goal cushion, get everyone feeling good coming into the international break and keep, you know, squad morale high. So I, I don't know what to say about that. Now to look ahead, we do have an international break now coming up, which means it's time for some Nagel's ball. And I'm very happy about that. Um, People who have read my articles or listened to me on the podcast know very well that I am quite the fan of Julian Nagelsmann. I think him and I think about football in very similar ways. And it shows when I have posited ideas like Leo Zane as a number eight and then Julian Nagelsmann during the latter half of his last season, in the last few months in charge, he employed Zane as a number eight pretty much in the 3-1-4-2. So I, I think that speaks volumes to just the way that he thinks about football and the way that I think about football being very similar. Of course, uh, Julian Nagelsmann, you know, I would say, I would say marginally, just, just, just marginally smarter about football than I am, you know, just a, just a smidge, just a smidge. But, you know, just very, 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 very fine margins between one of the most talented and smartest managers of all time and an 18-year-old sitting in his bedroom. But yeah, it's a it's a two-week international break and then we have FC Köln after that, which is a must-win. FC Köln are dead last right now. They are, I don't know how to put it lightly because they've, they've been garbage. Like there is no other way to put it. They just don't have anything going for them. Marvin Schweib has been poor in goal. The centre-backs are not doing well enough. The double pivot is completely disconnected. Even the high-potential players like Eric Martel 
and Florian Kainz just seem to not be clicking. Everything seems to be dependent on Florian Kainz and he's just not able to really figure things out. Like he's getting a couple of goals, but nothing else is really clicking for them. So this is a must win for us, especially if you want to keep the title race going because Bayer Leverkusen play Union Berlin later. And I mean, they're going to win that. Union Berlin are also dead last. I mean, Köln are 18th and Union are 17th. And Köln are actually technically in better form than Union because Union have lost all five of their last games and Köln, I believe, picked up a point or something. I think I think they won against Gladbach, which, first of all, which, very funny. Of course, it's Gladbach. They're going to defeat us in the, second, in the second round of fixtures anyway, but very funny. So... Leverkusen are going to run them over. So we really need to get our act together and make sure that we win against FC Köln because Bayer Leverkusen right now are, for my money, the best team in Germany. Bayern have a lot of personnel issues. RB Leipzig seem to be just getting on the bad end of things a lot of the time. And yeah, there's just there's something intangible about RB Leipzig that just doesn't seem to work. Because they have all the talent. And you can see it even in games where they're losing. They are by far the better team. But there's just something that doesn't click for them. And they're dropping points because of it. And of course, Borussia Dortmund are nowhere near this. They, no, it's not happening. So Bayern are really the only competitors for Leverkusen right now. And I say that with full awareness of what I'm saying. Bayern are not being competed with by Leverkusen. Leverkusen are top dog right now. Bayern are chasing them. We have to keep that in mind because Leverkusen are the standard bearers for German football right now. I know that we are the ones with the history. We are the defending champions. But Leverkusen are just playing really pretty football. I think they're the best team in all of Europe right now. No other team plays like they do. So we really, we have a lot of work to do if we want to catch up to them. We need to just be ruthless because we are going to be, I think, two points behind them. Is it two points? Yeah, it's going to be two points behind them if they win because they're a point behind us right now with a game in hand. They always seem to have a game in hand on us. I don't know why they always play later than we do, but we need to be better with if we're going to win the title again. But other than that, I mean... A lot of positives to take away from this game. I will say that the two goals we conceded were mostly down to just a lapse in judgment and I would say match sharpness about two-thirds of the way through the match. But we clicked back. The second we got equalized on, we sort of, you know, got shook back into shape and we we did very well after that. So hopefully we can get some January recruitments because it seems like it seems like the reason this is happening is because players are just playing far too much. I, it's taking a toll on the mental sharpness of a lot of the players that they're having to play so many games in quick succession. And I hope that January is a very big window for us because we really need to turn this season around in terms of depth. So that's, that's about it, really. Uh, let us know your thoughts about the game. Let us know your thoughts about the sound effects in the background. I'm sure they're very pleasant and not at all anxiety-inducing. But yeah, that's about it. Please make sure to check us out at Bavarian Football Works. 
check us out on Twitter at BavarianFPWorks. Check out some of our members' individual accounts. You can find Chuck Smith at The Barrel Blog. You can find Tom Adams at TommyAdams71. And you can find I Need No Name at BFWINNN on Twitter. Make sure to read our post-match articles. Those are fantastic. We've got some really good analysis pieces, match observations, match awards. And of course, we'll be bringing you interviews as quickly as they come. So yeah, hope you guys have a great weekend.